Do I go? Yes. Welcome. The... Oh, Jesus. Okay. Um, we're back. <laughs> Miss us much? Probably not. And we're here with the corker of an episode because we're doing motherfucking 1997's Warriors of Virtue. Uh, the synopsis goes like this. A young boy is whisked away to the mythical land of Dao. It's pronounced Dao. No, I thought it was Tao. It's wrong. Where he becomes the center of a conflict between an evil lord and a group of animal warriors. Uh, yes. So, strap in and enjoy. I like this movie. I'm excited to talk about it. Isn't it Tao? It's Dao. Fuck. <laughs> with us you gotta be initiated one day one ordinary kid will be transported come on to an extraordinary world beyond the boundaries of imagination This new world. Welcome to the other side. You're really a newcomer? Ruled by fear. I want him alive! Houston, we have a problem. He is the last hope to bring together five legendary warriors. How's it going? He is often a bit cranky. Who use the forces of nature as their weapons. Wood. Fire. Earth. Metal. Now, the battle against the ultimate evil. The answer lies with you. Is about to begin. Come out and Touchdown. Bye-bye. I can't leave them. They need me here. You are invited to enter a remarkable world. Where nature is your weapon, but you are the ultimate warrior. Warriors of Virtue. Down, 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 down. It's pronounced down. Down. Listen. <laughs> down. Okay, Google, to be fair, this is spelled T A O, and Google also says that it can be pronounced Tao. I thought Dow. it was Tao. 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 It can be pronounced Tao. But <sighs> I had it drilled so hard in my head that it was Tao in my comparative religion class. Oh, okay. That I got annoyed. But then again, this movie was directed by native Chinese speakers. Uh, okay, so they probably got it right. So I don't know. I've always been called, told it was called pronounced Tao. Um, anyway, hi guys. Uh, it's been a while, hasn't it? Yeah, sorry for the hiatus. We were busy. I don't know. Well, we were traveling. Did we, you... weren't, we weren't all traveling, but we were just it just never we we couldn't get it together for a little bit. No, we couldn't. So um, I'm sorry. But right when I... we were in the swing of things too, I feel like right when I don't know. Mm-hmm. No, not really. We weren't in the swing of things. No, I think we, we were. We, we like were doing well. Sputtered out. No, we didn't. No, we literally 
we released an episode and then I had to go to St. Louis in Chicago and then I got back and I had to escort my my Australian friend and then I went to Comic Con. Yeah. Um, and Matt's still burping. So like, nothing <laughs> has actually changed. I'm trying to bring every, all the old favorites back. The burping, <laughs> our lack of research. Right. Anyway, I'm Kendra. And I'm Matt. Um, and uh, this week on The Kids Table, which in case you've forgotten, is a podcast where we watch 90s kids movies uh, as jaded 29-year-olds and uh, talk about them. Yeah. And uh, this week, Matt finally got his his... Well, <laughs> okay, I'm laughing because he's making a crazy face at me, and also because he looked just like his brother for a second, and it was really weird. Funny that. Um, but yeah, so Matt finally got his, his wish this week, and because I couldn't think of another movie to counter in time, um, we ended up watching Warriors of Virtue. Checkmate. Uh, which, if I play my cards right before I release this episode, I will post the link on our Twitter where you can watch it and either watch it as a companion. Listen to it. it. No, watch the movie. Oh, the movie? Oh, oh, right, right. On YouTube. Yeah, there's, um, we both watched it on YouTube, I believe, and so I'll post that link so that you can watch Warriors of Virtue as either a companion piece or uh, an afterthought. And don't worry, guys, the sound does sync up to the voices <laughs> like five minutes or so in. I noticed It's that. longer than you would be comfortable with, but it does happen eventually. Eventually. Um, you can never quite make out their faces entirely, but you know. This movie this movie is an t- absolute edit- edit- editing train wreck, Yeah. first and foremost, I it's think. It's real long, too. It's long. It's it's an hour and forty five minutes in an era when movies, especially kids movies, were not that long. But there's a lot about this movie that's like that totally flies in the face of convention, in all the wrong ways. But I would say like, in, in, in through the lens of, of an adult, like funny, I found it funny and interesting. I wouldn't say that I found it funny. It was it's 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 extremely funny. I wasn't angry like I was worried that I was going to be which was the right. reason I was having us avoid this for so long I thought it was going to be like yellow face bonanza um <laughs> and instead of yellow face all the all of the creatures I guess I would say that were supposed to be coded Asian were kangaroos so that's but then there were also just Asian characters true yeah oh yeah one of the women the hench women I didn't catch Well, yeah, the re- there's, like, the Rita Repulsa one, but right. there's also, like, Ming. Oh, yeah, oh, right, the guy who dies. And also, like, the master, no, and also the master guy once they cross into the world of Tao. Yes, yes. Tao, whatever. Tao, Tao, whatever, it doesn't yeah. matter. But, yeah, so I, yeah, I was afraid that it was going to be a lot more racist, um, but, I mean, it, it sucks that they gave roles to kangaroos that could have gone to Asian. I also, you know... I'm it's ch- also, yes, and that likes to point out it was directed by, an, by a Chinese director. Right. Uh, like, one who was, like, part of some sort of Chinese new wave cinema. Like, he was actually, like, fairly respected. I, I'm forgetting the names of some of the his prior films before this. But this was, like, a foray into American, like, getting a sort of American crossover budget and, like, or, you know... And bringing in American actors, or... This movie's from 1997, by the way. Western actors. I said that. Oh, you did? Okay, sorry. Yeah, the director's name was uh, Ronnie Yu. Yeah. Um, and the cover of the movie uh, leads you to believe that it would be much better than Although, is. Although, it looks like um, 
it looks like the writing credits primarily go to people, someone named Michael Vickerman and Hugh Kelly. Those sound decidedly not Chinese. Right. So maybe that's why everyone was saying Tao. Maybe. I don't know. The point is there's a culture clash actively happening in the movie that makes it also tonally extremely weird. Mm -hmm. And there's this shoehorned... There's this really complicated uh, uh, attempt at tackling the concept of Tao and and trying to do a sort of coming-of-age classic American 90s movie story. Right. But using using the concept of Tao and action kung fu <laughs> to show the process of a kid learning to, like, deal with his spiritual demons. Oh, oh they were spirit... I just assumed he just wanted that brace off his leg. <laughs> well, yeah, okay, so... All right. Did he have polio? I, he had some sort of Forrest Gump shit. Like, one of his... That was polio! Was that polio? That was polio! <laughs> he definitely had the brace, the polio brace. I just didn't think that we got polio anymore in 1997. It's not clear, right? This is right. It, Already, they just, like, everything feels sort of obligatory. Yes. Like, they're just, like... He reminded me... Okay. It's hard to know where to... What angle to approach this from. I mean, this villain... I mean, not the villain, I'm sorry. The, this protagonist, this main kid... What was his name? Ryan something. Yeah, <laughs> so... He, he is very much out of the... Uh, Ryan sort of, Jeffers. Ryan Jeffers. He's, like, very much out of the character archetype that we saw in, like, Sidekicks. But this movie or, does have an element of Sidekicks to it. Yeah. Or, I'm just like, the little, little nerdy boy who, like, has some sort of... Something holding him back physically, he right. believes. And he needs to overcome it and learn to accept it about himself. Yeah. Except this would be, like, in Sidekicks if we kicked off with the ending of that movie where the kid in the wheelchair finds the oh, yeah. Black Belt magazine. Yes. And it's and somehow he's going to also learn Taekwondo. Right. But, yeah, he's the trope of, like, the physically... Not not disabled, but, like, just, like, physically... Well, he's not able-bodied. Yeah. He, he's maimed. He's... No, what? <laughs> oh, my God. We don't... Well, we don't know what's going I'm on. I'm just assuming he has polio. Uh, maybe. I think I think they thought less about it than we are. He could also have bone cancer. They're just like one of his legs doesn't work as well. He has a limp and a brace. Yes. Uh, so we we open on what? He's like you know this was we like, open on the suburbs. Yeah, and the like Chi this is the Chinese store right where he. No 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 no. This was a weird transition. So we open on the suburbs. Oh, it's a football game. No. I'm just gonna keep guessing. <laughs> I know how much. <laughs> Trust me, guys, I know how much Kendra really paid attention to this movie. <laughs> oh, she has a bad habit. At least you watched, I'm assuming, I watched all the of whole it movie. I took not, notes. We're not having another Mario Brothers No, scenario. I have notes. I, thought they, I genuinely thought that was either the Chinese... My first note is about the Chinese food place. Okay. Yes. So, we open on the suburbs after, like, a weird cold open where somebody drops some beads and it's like, who will save us or whatever. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it cuts to Ryan Jeffers reading a really shitty looking comic in black and white with no dialogue. <laughs> like, just drawn poorly. <laughs> and it's just people fighting. Okay. And he, it's, this is what bothered me. He's sitting on the, to he's in the bathroom. And he's like, he's not shitting, but he's sitting on the toilet. Right. And he's reading. Yeah. And then it immediately 
cuts from a from a bird's eye view of him sitting on the toilet looking like he's shitting to a bunch of food being dumped into a, <laughs> into a walk and splashing everywhere and it was the Ew. I feel like maybe the editors were playing a prank, but it just literally looked like shit going into a frying pan. I miss that transition entirely, because <laughs> my first memory of the movie is them being at the Chinese food restaurant, where... Hard cut to a Chinese food place. Very hard cut, and it's like also a hard change in tone, where it's like, clearly they wanted to start evoking the fight, the fighting that was in the badly drawn comic book. Yeah. A Chinese restaurant, maybe not the place to evoke that spirit. So we get into this Chinese food restaurant. I thought that sequence was cool. I didn't understand it. Well, he's just doing kung fu to make fried rice and shrimp. I know, and it's weird. It was weird. I didn't like that. He roundhouse kicks a a sink to turn it on. (laughs) I started getting really scared at that moment. I was like, oh, this is the most stereotypical thing Mm -hmm. that we could have an Asian actor doing in a movie. In America. Yeah. And, uh... Fuck, what is that guy's name? Um... Oh, the actor who was... Doing all the... Dennis Dunn? Yeah. Who it, most, like, I recognized him immediately from Big Trouble in Little China. Oh, okay. As, okay. like, his, as the sidekick guy. Right. Who's also good at kung fu in that one. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, if that's that's fine that that's what he's good at. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that that's what the, uh, what do you call it, the side order cook or whatever. <laughs> the line cook in a, in a Chinese food restaurant. But it fits the at. themes, though, right? Because he has... It fits the themes of Then there's the never-ending story aspect of, like, a book that passes on knowledge. That he, like... The kid is... That's totally... That is all fine. I'm just wondering why they're in a Chinese food restaurant. I don't know. Thank you. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Because that's where Chinese people are, okay? Are you happy? (laughs) There's a lot of Chinese people in there. Uh... Oh, my God. But it it doesn't... Like, well, this movie's... Like, there's... Yeah. Okay, so yeah, so he's there. He's inexplicably friends with the line yeah, chef. Yeah, I also like why is he friends with his line cook? His mom just keeps forgetting to make dinner, and so she sends him to go get Chinese food. And I guess it's happened so often that he's like buds with the line chef. I used to go. Oh my god, what was I? There's a there's a Chinese food place that my mom used to send me into all the time to get my food, and right. I never became friends with the line cook there. No, I've go I go to a cat. I go get coffee at this place like all the time. For like two years I did this, and I promised that I would even just learn the one barista's name who I saw every day. See? And I never did, because yeah. I'm a piece of shit, and it's hard to... It's just suspect. It's sus as hell. Yeah, also, it's like, <laughs> there were just so many health code violations going on. Like, yeah. you got a kid back there, you're doing, you're hitting things with your feet and also, to serve them. And also, Ming seems to be, like, living in a yes. room above it. Yes. Which seems illegal, at best. That's not zoned. It's not zoned for that. No. <laughs> so, so there's this. So it, it's it's so weird so quickly. This is why I like it. Like so, then he's just talking to him about the warriors of virtue. Basically, he's like, there's yes. this land where there's no pain or suffering. Magical people of color. We always got a story for a little white child. Yes. Dates uh, back to uh, how we got into this country. Uh-huh. Ancient <laughs> Chinese secret. Uh, <laughs> so. Yeah. He talks about this land where there's the warriors of virtue, and and he, he's, like, weirdly, like, kind of, I would say, like, callously describes the fact that if you go there, like, you... <coughs> 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 Wrong pipe. Wrong pipe! 
You won't be crippled. <laughs> oh, you're doing like the throw up coughing. <laughs> Guys, I'm fine. <laughs> Sorry about that. Good audio, huh? Yeah. Mm. Anyway, callously describing. That like, if you go there, like your afflictions no longer affect you. Right. Like, so again, the ancient art of a person of color heals small white child. Yes. Love which, it. Which happened in Sidekicks a little yep. bit. Um, and so then this inexplicable, inexplicable friendship is established really quickly. Cut to the football field where he <laughs> where is also the he's water the boy. manager and water boy and comes up with the plays. Well, he doesn't officially come up with the plays. The coach does. But, like, you know, obviously, like, because he can't... <laughs> He can't run. Right. Because he has a gimp leg. Uh, it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> Everyone can deal oh with that. Oh my god. Oh my god. Uh, he just sort of yearns and is like the ultimate tactician. Like he can, he's good at making plays and he helps the like bully, quarterback, all-star, whatever kid. Too do, many earrings on that child. Do a very 90s So boy. many earrings. Like, a lot of earrings, like, in the cartilage. And just so thick. Like, they're they're not gauges. They're just, like, gross, thick earrings. Yeah. I mean, this is 97, so, like, it's still, like, everyone's wearing the giant flannels and yeah. the big jeans and the hats. He has a friend named Chuck. <laughs> <laughs> like, basically the token black friend. Oh, yeah. Who is someone? He's been in other things. I recognized that child. My favorite thing was, so, yeah, he tells the main bully kid, who's also the football star, like, hey, like, juke to the left, and whatever, and you'll win. And he's like, shut up, dork, and he spits on his feet, and, and everyone laughs, and then, uh, but then he does it, and makes, makes a touchdown and wins the game. As you do. And everyone's so ecstatic, and Ryan is, like, screaming with joy. Yeah. But then slowly it dawns on him that he will never be able to do that himself, and he's sad. <laughs> and then I kind of forget... So then they cut to, like, we see his oh, and then wife. Wait, and then, Chuck, and then Chuck Chuck has the best line. He says it twice, and you'll like this. Mm-hmm. He's like, hey, man, I know you're the one that told him to do that play. I'm sorry that you don't get credit for stuff like that. Hey, let's make, like, Tom and Cruz. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> I couldn't understand. I heard the words Tom Cruise, mm-hmm. and I kept rewinding it, trying to understand what he was saying, but there was just, like, something wrong with my YouTube, like, the speakers or something on that moment, and yeah. I couldn't figure out what he was saying, and I'm so glad that you've now explained it to me. He says, let's make, like, Tom and Cruise, which should get back into rotation. I'm okay. gonna I'm gonna start using that, to be perfectly frank. Also, the reason I recognize this kid is not because of his face, apparently, but because of his voice. He's Vince from Recess. Oh, Chuck? Yeah. Oh, okay. That's why I, that's why I recognized him. And they, yeah. ca- they call him Up Chuck, obviously, because this is the 90s. Of course. And we're still doing that. Like, the, the, the insults hurled in a 90s kids movie are all great <laughs> and of a, of a piece. So uh, they make, like, Tom and Cruise out. And then I think that's another hard cut to his home life, right? We see his mom, who's a realtor. <laughs> hard cut to his home life, which, again, you're supposed to feel sad for him, but, like, they always live in just the burbs and giant yeah, homes. Yeah, they seem fine. And there's this vague hint, you know, that the dad's not in the picture, because mm-hmm. the mom evades a question about the dad, but that's abandoned pretty quickly. That's not part of the main plot here. No, but it is something that they clearly 
thought about and I feel like believed was part of the character. Oh, and I bring up I bring up the scene in the kitchen with the mom only because this was I think this is now fifteen to twenty minutes into the movie, and it's the first time I noticed the leg brace. <laughs> yeah, they <laughs> never the only. He seems so. He's like basically. I feel like they forgot to tell him to act like he should limp <laughs> until it was like way too late. Until like basically, it's the crucial moment where he has to get across that pipe. Right, right. Because the later... character development is rapid, and uh, like he loves kung fu. He, he's raised by a mom. The dad's maybe not in the picture. But he's supposed to be crippled, says... but you re- you don't realize that even when he's like being. But he's the water boy, and he loves football as well because it's like America. They like yeah. cut to an American flag. Before the football game, oh, I missed that. remember? Because like, I feel like the the director like this is where I mean like you start to feel the uh, the non American hand of on this film right. directing it where it's like, what do they need to see? Probably the flag, flag, <laughs> football field. Yeah, okay, here but we're... it's more like like he probably needed to remember that it was like this is all American football. Yeah. Um. Let's see. What? So yeah, that was when I noticed the leg brace. Then oh. So basically what the, the next like I think important scene is when the bullies invite him to go like explore a haunted factory or something. Well, that's but that's the next important scene. Yeah, so the, the so, yes. so so fuck man this. Uh, so it doesn't matter. They the the bullies invite him and Upchuck to go explore this this factory. They're like, "Yo, I'm, uh hey, this is actually pretty cool. Like, why don't you hang out with us later?" And there's, like, also a subtle hint that never gets explored further that Ryan, you know, has a crush on Brad. I think his name's Brad. Brad's girlfriend. Yeah, yeah. She's like, come on, Brad, leave him alone. And he's like, no, no, I thought it was really cool. Like, come meet us in the old, the sewers. Yeah, <laughs> the old haunted sewers. Yeah, like, come to the expansive labyrinthine sewers. So they get there, and, of course, you have to start playing, like, doing dares and playing truth or dare or whatever, and they have to cross the vat that the Joker fell into. Like, oh, I'm reading a... that this is a uh, water treatment plant. Oh, okay. It's a water treatment plant. Classic. Whatever. But so yeah, they have to cross cross the vat that the Joker fell into on a lead pipe, essentially. Which, of course, the bully can do. Yeah. But, uh, whatever. Brad... But there's a swirling vortex of water in this water treatment plant. Yeah, because it's a water treatment plant. And the rite of passage is that, like, they've apparently crossed this very thin pipe to the other side and, like, spray-painted their name. Okay, yeah, I missed the spray painting part. And, well, yeah, and then he's like, Brad does it, and then he's like, all right, like, pussy, come on, like, come on, Ryan, do it. And then the girlfriend's like, he's gonna drown, he's, <laughs> he can't do it. Yeah, he physically cannot Yeah, do it. you're so fucking awful. Um, but no, so Brad, of course, insists that he's gonna try to do it, and because he physically cannot do it, he falls Well, in. no, sorry. What? He he does, but it's it's almost like he's going. He's kind of succeeding, and then uh, there's also this other pipe that shoots sewer water out. Oh, it hits. And him. that hits him. Right. And then he falls in. And then he falls in, and he wakes up on Dagobah. Yeah, he's basically in a shittier Dagobah. Yeah, it's like a mix of Dagobah and Endor. They clearly yeah. There is a very <laughs> there's a serious Endor vibe. Yeah. There's like the village. That he ends up going to... It's definitely Endor. ...is just the Ewok village, Tree Village. Yeah. But it's also like they just obviously use the same shitty soundstage with leaves everywhere. <laughs> right. So, like, 
my problem was that, like, you know, the, the this whole is a fantasy rule, by the way. He like gets knocked out and wakes up in this in Tau 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 whatever. Yeah. This is a trope. The vortex is a portal. Like, wh- however, whatever threshold, like these 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 kids have to cross. It's kind of also like uh, never or um, fuck uh, the page Narnia? master. Oh. No, the page master or Narnia. Yeah. But I was thinking more the page master, where like oh, he's yeah. almost like knocked out. Right, right. Whatever. There's always, like, the way to cross this threshold. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so then he's, like, confused and, lo- and lost in this Endor world. He loses his backpack. Um, <laughs> and then my ne- I think I stopped paying attention for a while because my next note... Wait, well, sorry, I almost forgot. Before he, <laughs> before he goes... Before he falls into the whirlpool... This is and 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 this is after we. Sorry to take us back. Like the I'm sorry. Fine. Like the mom. The mom is like um, the mom is like oh let's not talk about your dad okay. So anyway like how was your day? And then he's like blah 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 and she's like I forgot to make dinner because I was selling houses so go go to Ming's again. And so he talks to Ming and Ming brings him up to his weird bachelor pad that's. That's when we find out that he lives above. That's part of the restaurant. Yeah. And. And that's where we get our first real like dose of of poorly written explication about the philosophy of Tao. Okay. Where we get an extended metaphor with a cocoon. Remember? Yes, I remember he found he found the cocoon when he was a young boy. So Ming tells this super super stupid long story about finding a cocoon with a moth in it, and he and he sees the moth struggling, and he and he. He rips open the cocoon and, and lets the moth fly into the air. And he said he felt really good, but then the moth fell back down to the earth and was dead. And it was because Ming preempted the moth before it was truly ready to fly. Yes. And, and then he says... I learned that in an Animorphs book. We all have cocoons, Ryan. <laughs> and I just, I laughed very hard when I heard Ming say that. And he's like, basically like, Ryan, we all have cocoons. We all have our... We all develop differently, but one day you will fly. So that's that was the little was that bit of necessary of care. What? <laughs> it was necessary because it comes back into play at the very end. Okay, all right. This movie doesn't do a good job of telling a story, but it does technically pay off certain things that it sets up at the beginning. Even okay. the stupid, shitty football the fact that he likes football is vaguely nodded to later on well yeah i mean as soon as he wakes up in in dow and he realizes oh so he wakes up in dow and he realizes and his, that he can walk he's like well wait <laughs> sorry what? he wakes up in dow yes. he gets attacked by knights he almost gets stabbed to death by a spear but his backpack saves him right and that's how they get the backpack they get the backpack these knights get the backpack and leave after they get attacked by one of these weird kangaroo monsters which freaks him out he runs away yes and then when he realizes that he's running he starts he's, dancing. He seems to forget that he's been transported to an alien world with monsters in it and that he was almost murdered, and he starts to pretend to play football and dance. Yeah. I just, I don't, I don't like the, oh wait, uh, Roger Ebert had a really funny phrase. He just said, this is the start of his review. I have always been amazed by the recuperative, recuperative powers of young heroes who are snatched away from home and family and sent to struggle in distant fantasy worlds. I mean, yes. I am too. Like, I'm not. Are you kidding me? Put me in a fantasy world. I, at that age, I would have kicked ass. 
Alright, well, Kendra... <laughs> I don't know if... Imagine if you woke up after mm-hmm. thinking you had drowned. Yeah. And the minute you open your eyes and stand up, someone throws a spear at you, and the oh. only reason you're alive is because you're wearing a backpack. Would you still be, like, keeping your composure? Yeah, I would have been fucking prepared. All this I is did, too easy for you to do because it's did, not going to nope. happen and it's not real. No, are you kidding me? All I fucking did when I was younger was like read books to prepare for this shit. I start like, I would put everything from like E. Nesbitt to like fucking K.A. Applegate. I was ready. K.A. Applegate was the shit. Yeah. What were the... Everworld. Sh- Everworld ruled, but didn't she also have um a, like a sci-fi one? Probably. I'm going to look it up really quick. Okay. Well, anyway, the point being, I... Better stories. What? She just, just good wreck for better young adult stories. Oh yeah, better. I mean, yeah, I could wreck you a lot of stuff that's better than this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, probably even some stuff with some good like various like Asian country influences on them that are better than this. Yeah, I mean, no doubt. Like, hold on. Yeah, Everworld is part of it. You can. You want to fill? What? Oh, sorry. <laughs> I'm just like I'm fast. Okay. Everworld was good as hell. It is. But anyway, yes. I totally would have been prepared. I think that... Remnants. Also, oh. Remnants is really fucking good. Yeah, I read that too. She's good. All right, anyway. She was. She's great. She won a... Um, she won some, like, award recently for some, like, third grade age book that she wrote. She's, huh. She's still doing it. She's still out there. Everworld and Remnants are really good for, like, if you're in your early teens. Animorphs is better. I don't think so. Did you read all of Animorphs? No, I didn't make it all the way The shit that happens by the time they get to the end of those books. Like the Endolite stuff? No, but you real So, like, the the time that I realized that, like, they meant fucking business in the Animorphs was when... <laughs> no, seriously. Was yeah, yeah, when yeah. they got... They that refound the cube that gave them their morphing powers. They take it to, like, a school for disabled children. They <laughs> give the disabled kids the power to morph and tell them that the morphing will fix all of their... This is just like this is just like Warriors of Virtue. Yeah, no, 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 no. It's worse. They give it. They give them because when you morph, your DNA reverts back to its natural state. So if you had a disability that wasn't DNA based, then oh, when you morphed back. You so non congenital diseases. Exactly. But they told all of the kids, whether it was congenital or not, that it would fix them. And then basically they go to battle with these kids, and a bunch of them die on the field, and then like a bunch of them morph back. And their disabilities aren't healed, and they were just like, "Oh well, bye." That's dope. I mean, it got like really dark. Yeah. Did they ever have kids who had like Down syndrome or something like that I don't involved? Think it got that dark. It didn't get that dark. It did not get that. It didn't get that dark. Remnant was brutal. Oh, Everworld was cool. Sorry, we'll get back to the movie yeah. in a second. Everworld I liked a lot because they they she drew liberally from like Greek, Roman, and like Nordic mythology. Right. Like. In terms of the gods that they met, mm-hmm. and I like that she, I like that she kept, I like that she stuck really closely to the theme of those gods being kind of petulant, powerful children yeah. that just sort of represented like aspects of human appetites, and uh, that like a lot of them got killed or there was really gross shit. Like there was the, uh, there was like the like lady who was like the underworld lady, and they walked okay. down a, a, a road of human face faces uh-huh. to get to her and they have to step on their faces see that's the shit i like like i like y'all i like children's fantasy that's like weird and twisted like i like it when people remember that peter pan is a literal demon who kills children yeah like i don't like the sweet saccharine shit mm-hmm. i know or like the the sort of uh hans christian anderson 
uncut. Yeah. <laughs> like, Not yeah. rounded off Disney shit where it's Little like... Little Mermaid's dead, bitch. Yeah, she's dead. <laughs> and every step that she takes is agony. Yeah. That's the other curse aspect to her being mute, too. Fuck yeah, let's cut the feet off of those stepsisters. These are cautionary tales. Yeah. All of which are... No, not all of which, but like, in the case of the mermaid, it's mm-hmm. about being true to who you are. But it's like yeah. really brutal if you're not. Mm-hmm. Be but, honest. But that's like the kind of like vague message of warriors of virtue as well. <laughs> I'm a professional. Uh, right though? Because this was similar to Page Master, sidekicks. Like, it's like you do have potential you can unlock to be better, but also it's kind of about somehow also like. It's by it's by accessing that which already existed and not trying to be someone fake. Yeah. That's sort of like the nineties that's like the maybe the biggest overriding concept of nineties kids films that I can think of. Yes. I mean, yes, you're right. I think my my issue with it comes with the fact that it all all of this internal power hinges on being unlocked by a person of color. In in this one? Yes. Not technically, because they're kangaroos. Okay, but <laughs> come on now. Come on. This entire movie is based it's around... Only, it's only racist to Australians, actually. Oh my god. This entire <laughs> movie is based around, like, belief systems and, like... Like, Dow. Yeah. Right. From from people of color. It's propaganda. It's the same as... No. It's the same <laughs> as in Sidekicks. I mean, it's like... It's probably, like, even the same with, like... Um, it's better than Sidekicks, because, like, Taoism is, like, a pretty serious kind of like cosmic doctrine and 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 sidekicks was like uh fighting is about honor yeah yes okay i will give you that but i still i have asthma but if i kick you in the throat or something like i'm like a man that movie was about being alpha if i remember my takeaway of it it was but then at the end it like completely changes over to like this martial art is going to cure your like your disability that is well no it was more like your disability is not actually that big a stumbling block if you compensate in other emotional... No, I'm talking about the end when he, like, when the kid in the wheelchair finds the Kung Fu magazine. That kid's never getting out of that wheelchair. Think, that was why I it's funny. that was the implication. That was why it was... Yeah. That was why it was funny. There's, like... A picture, I hope it's like, funny! <laughs> no, it's fucked up, which is funny. Like, there's a picture of, like, Chuck Norris, like, doing a sidekick... <laughs> literal sidekick right and it's like you're not your legs don't work <laughs> but i'm just that's why it was funny I don't it was like how is this gonna work oh yeah i see that movie is more interesting because it's like what what is actually gonna happen here what's going on like how's this kid gonna get work around the actual disparity of his ability to use his legs to taekwondo a leg-based fighting technique oh yeah well okay I'm just I mean, saying. You do judo. Huh? Judo. <laughs> no, I think there's... No, I think that there is... Maybe no, I'm, you're right. You're right. Like, gra- grappling is, yeah. is more like what he could do. But even grappling, like, the the the, the, the advantage of, of all functional limbs in grappling okay, is still overwhelming. Okay, but if you're, like, competing in, like, the Special Olympics yeah. in judo... Yeah, that's right. See? That I know I'm not good. making this up. I've seen this. No, yeah, I'm sure. In, like, okay. wrestling, probably, and yes. things like that. But even like like you, you see like uh, wheelchair basketball and stuff, it's like pretty intense. Yeah. So I'm not saying it's different. I'm just saying like you're not kicking. That's all. That's all. That's all I'm saying. 
Okay. It's a little Let's funny. Move on. Okay. Sorry. Oh my god. Um. So this, you know what? By the end of, if we review every single movie that existed in the '90s for kids, I'm pretty convinced I'm either gonna like, I'm gonna learn, I'm gonna like figure out some sort of p- pattern. It's gonna be like a giant data dump, and I'm gonna see the shape of something big, like, like the <laughs> what new, having to do with kung fu, like New World Order programming or something. Oh. No, not like kung fu. I think oh, I'm gonna okay. like truly see something weird. Okay. Well, so the next part that we're gonna have to get to is like describing the villains and stuff. Um, we're not, yeah, we're now in Dow, so... Yeah, but let's, like, take a quick break, um, and then we'll come back and we'll do the second half of this terrible, or the second third of this terrible movie. Right, which, it's, it gets, this is the better part. Sure. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Hey guys, you know the drill. Um, if you have questions, comments, or concerns, you can email us at kidstablepod at gmail.com, um, or you can hit us up on Twitter at kidstablepod. Uh, thanks so much. Don't forget to rate, subscribe on iTunes, uh, and, you know, wherever the hell you listen to podcasts. Thanks, and back to the show. Hey guys, uh, welcome back to the Kids Table. Um, this is Kendra. And this is Matt. We're doing our NPR voices now, and, uh, we're just gonna have a really nice relaxing second half where we're talking about Warriors Warriors of Virtue. Virtue. Uh, Warriors of Virtue, a, uh, 1997 movie. We find ourselves in the land of Dao. Yeah. A young uh, Ryan Jeffers is uh, is transported to a magical world where his uh, disability no longer applies and magic is uh, in the air. And when we left you, uh, we were just meeting villains of the story. Uh, one man named Komodo. <laughs> <laughs> There's a... Uh, <clears throat> Played by Angus McFadden. McFadden. Fadden, McFadden. Did we decide McFadden? We're going with McFadden. Uh, I can't keep doing it. Okay. I want to just be real with you guys. <laughs> I can't. That is not us. Yeah, that's not who we are. No. We don't have those silky... What? It's why... I, no, it's literally, I think, why I've only been invited to be on NPR once. Oh, yeah. I think they heard my voice. And, and they were like, like, that's some vocal fry. Yeah. We can't... Like, no compress that or like we, we can't compress it it sounds like she is about to laugh after she says everything yeah. <laughs> like, she can't come back i'm always worried about the uh the um i don't know i feel like there's some shit-eating tone to my voice that i can't sort of erase oh i think mine is just like the clear vocal fry and it's like it's interesting because with me it's like i don't sound black so it's it's not that that they're worried about. No, and in fact, it might be worrisome because like if people maybe don't know that you are black, like <laughs> some of the shit you throw around could be way worse if you weren't. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. So I've actually gotten that before. I I'm one of those people. Like people are always people who don't know me, and if I only speak to them on the phone and then we meet in real life, I get that reaction. You think if you went to Dow, you wouldn't have vocal fry? No, I, like that would be like you're you're like. I talk and it's I talk not, normal. It's just smooth sounding. Yeah. I talk like this. No, I'm not doing it Can't again. Can't do it anymore? Okay. Um, anyway, like I was saying, we were about to meet the villains. Uh, one of them is named Komodo. The other one is named Alicia. Whoa. That's what? a spoiler for the narrative. I don't think anyone cares. Spoil <laughs> warriors of virtue. I guess it's true. Like, like, yeah, I don't know how you guys feel, but maybe, maybe my, uh, my, like, commitment to doing a complete one-to-one narrative explanation <laughs> is probably pretty boring 
I, so yes, yeah, Alicia, who we meet, who seems to be the savior of Ryan at yeah. the beginning. She sort of picks him up off the ground and holds him to her bosom and, and flies rocks away. Him. Yeah, and let's just say that she's hot. <laughs> Is she? I tried to find another. Like, not, whatever. Yeah. Okay. I think she is. I mean, I would not know. I'm the straightest woman. Sure. <laughs> wow. Protesting too much, Kendra. No, uh, I <laughs> It's my brand. It is your brand? I mean, it's, like, pretty, like, it's, like, just pretty well-known. Love dick. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> you heard it here first. <laughs> but probably not. <laughs> no, Alicia is cool. And she's, like... Not cool. She's evil, but she's right. attractive. But it, she gets more attractive when she sort of like betrays everybody. Yeah. Th- this okay. She yeah. She gets she has a low cut dress. Yeah. Like a high a high uh, a, a pulled tight and high bust. Yeah. She has like a sort of push up bra thing. Yeah. It's the opposite of like Sandy from Greece, where I didn't like when she was all leather clad. Oh, yeah. And badass. Like, I, I enjoyed the... Are you, ju- are you judging? The poodle skirt and the... I'm not... Well, yeah, I'm judging. <laughs> but it has to... These things have to pass through our critical judgments. <laughs> we, we don't... As You are very... You have very snap judgments. I do. So Kendra, Kendra doesn't let things in easily. <laughs> there's, a, there's a prefab <laughs> judgmental screen there. I would say you need to be more open. To the world. Wow. Wow. <laughs> We're not dating, and yet he's quoting my boyfriend. <laughs> Did I really nail something? <laughs> yeah, from... <laughs> Hell yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, just, I am just a reader of people. Yeah, I guess so. Um, okay, so let's talk about Komodo quickly for a second. He... Best motherfucker made this movie for me. <laughs> to describe what he looks like, he looks like a cross between Mosenrath and Loki. Mosenrath being from With Aladdin. With a tiny bit of Snape in there. Yeah, well, Snape. So, like, Mosenrath from, um, from Aladdin, the animated series, Loki from the Avengers, and Snape from Harry Potter. And what that tells you is that I would have been real into him as a ten-year-old. Now he just comes off as silly. But it's so good. I can't, like, I was, like, man. This movie would have truly actually been a big pile of incoherent dog shit if Angus McFadden is the pronunciation I'm going with, if he was not in this movie. Right. He he did the thing that is necessary for something that is a cartoonish kids movie. He swung for the fences. He's fucking mugging. Yes, he is. He's chewing up the scenery. There are parts of him that I did enjoy. Like, I, I'm not saying that I, like, disliked his performance or anything. Like, he was for me, like... He made you laugh, though, which is good. He made me laugh. And, like, he, again, like I said, he tapped into something that I know that as a youth... I would have really liked. Yeah, that reads less uh, comical and clownish when you're young, and just well, no, evil. but no, it's it's not the comical and clown clownish thing. It's oh. just that I, he was a hot evil guy who I like really would have been into. <laughs> yeah, he was hot. He had long hair. Yeah, yeah, he looked like Loki. Yeah, and he was always like lounging. Yeah, in this giant like, kind like, of sexily in a throne in like a sex swing papazon chair thing yeah. made out of like bones. <laughs> it would have been. I would have written fan fiction about this. This is, okay, this is what, I have so much to say about Angus McFadden's character, Komodo. Really? Yes. Okay. But, first, fuck, where was I going with this? Sorry. We get a little backstory about his reign. He, so basically, like, because Matt will go on forever about it. Here are some quick points that you need to know. Oh, wait, wait, hold on. Can I just say, oh my god. Sorry. 
<laughs> I'm gonna let you finish, but <laughs> Angus McFadden was the best kid. No, uh, he he reminded me of. I feel like Eddie Redmayne took notes. Oh, for Jupiter Ascending. For Jupiter Ascending. I get it. And Jupiter Ascending, the only one of the only few nice, one of the few fun things about that movie was Eddie Redmayne's performance. I, I get, I get where you're going. Aside though. from, maybe like Channing Tatum on roller skates. Was it rollerblades? Yeah, or maybe Mila Kunis implying that her character maybe is sexually attracted to bees? actual dogs. Uh, okay. Remember? <laughs> oh, right. No, she controlled bees. She was attracted to dogs. Yeah. It wouldn't really be a kids' table episode, or I guess a 90s movie at this point, <laughs> if there weren't some sort of bestiality <laughs> element sort of woven in ever so subtly. But this isn't actually subtle, because there's giant fucking kangaroo people and, like, water buffalo people. Yeah. <laughs> and a rhino man. Someone is fucking an animal. In this, this world. world <laughs> Tao is filled with, like, animal people as well as humans. Right. The world, it's so weird for how, like, the, the fantasy world that Ryan finds himself the huge weakness of this movie is how poorly rendered it is. Well, yeah, because there's no CGI in this movie. It is not just... No, not rendered in, in the terms of like... No, I know. That's what I'm saying. Like, it's just practical, like, effects and makeup, and it's not good practical effects and makeup. No. This is where I would argue with you about the Mario Brothers movie. I yeah. think for all its weaknesses... It had a better design aesthetic, sure. Like, but they I... put you in a world that, like, felt fully conceptualized... This felt empty. Like, it was mm-hmm. mostly just, like, a tree well, fort there were only and then like woods. Fi- there were only, like, 15 extras in every scene. Yeah, but it's crazy because this movie cost $35 million to make. Dear God, is that in, like... That's in a U.S. dollars. U.S. dollars. <laughs> $35 million USD. Okay, not, not... What are they use in China? Yuan Renminbi? There we go. Uh, Yuan Renminbi? I knew it wasn't the yen. Uh, No racist uh <laughs> i'm just joking or an, it's also hong kong so hong kong dollar which is separate from the oh yeah because it was british dollar. no at this point it was but it's still the still hong kong the dollar oh no okay 97 was okay. when they stopped being a british protectorate okay but they're not officially going to be lumped into the chinese mainland for maybe i don't know how long now but they're no. still they're still not they still use the hong kong a separate currency okay which is linked to the british pound do I you think. enjoy that uh ap world history lesson there it's really, it's not AP because I'm an idiot. I don't know anything about history. But what was I saying? Uh, the world was poorly rendered and empty. <sighs> which is surprising because it cost $35 million. Right. Do you, how much do you think the movie made? Like seven. That's super close. 6.5. <laughs> okay. 6.5 mil total global I mean, gross. It's funny you're saying that because I, it never actually occurred to me that this was released in theaters. It was, there, there was a sequel somehow. No. That was straight to video. No. Yeah. Which always baffles me. Like, $35 million is an awful lot of money. Especially in 1997. Like, that's the budget of a... terms. Honestly, like... That's a huge budget. That might be the budget of a Batman movie. Yeah, that's some Chris Nolan bullshit. No, I just mean of, like, Batman Forever. (laughs) (laughs) Right. It didn't seem commensurate to... I kind of wish I did more research on, like... Oh, no, Batman Forever cost $100 million. But still... Never mind. To put in scale, though, that still makes $35 million sound like too much for this movie. Right. And based on how the script seemed to read, even as actors were doing it, and it was, like... There was some... There had to have been some tumult on this thing. Like, it was so... It just felt so... Like, 
they were cramming Americana, but like clearly trying to indoctrinate, not indoctrinate, that's a hot word, but like they were trying to weave in Chinese culture. Yeah. And like, they were trying to appropriate it for this weird American movie. No, it was more like, we were talking about this with Pat about the Great Wall. Yeah. Like how it's like a Chinese produced movie, but it's got, they like acquire American or like at least Western talent. Mm Mm-hmm. To, in an attempt to like bridge the gap so that they can break into the market more because the U.S. is the one one of the big things that dominates is entertainment. So yeah, I don't know. Like you, you obviously like other countries are trying to make it a two way street any way they can, and China has always been maybe like economically like trying to you know out compete mm-hmm. us, and therefore thinking it can like sort of brute force right. Sorry, you were talking about the tumult on the set, and I was just trying to see if maybe this was filmed in a strange location that would have, like, afforded more drama. You know what I mean? Like, having to be stuck in, like, some terrible, terrible area. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I don't know where they... they I think they shot this a few places. Yeah, it looks like they shot in the U.S., Hong Kong, China, and Canada? Oh, that's a mix. Yeah, so I guess they, they had to go to, like, U.S. just to, to shoot the football scenes or something. Oh, maybe. And then they were probably, they must, they, then the rest, almost 90% of this has to have just been in a soundstage somewhere. Yeah. What a weird, this movie is, like, so weird. Anyway, okay, so, uh, Komodo has been keeping himself alive in this world by mining a mineral from the planet's the, surface. The, the Tau life spring or something like yeah. that? Yeah, and because he keeps mining this thing to keep himself young, the rest of the world is dying? Did I understand that correctly? Right. He's okay. basically siphoning this life force energy out of the earth, and which can only be sort of siphoned via these springs, these natural right. springs. And he's he's like drinks it. Yes. And he stays young, and he's super old. And uh, there was this huge war apparently that happened over this. See, it's so much like Mosenrath and his magic gauntlet. I would have been so into this. Sure. Okay. <laughs> Wizards who keep themselves young and lounge sexily in chairs. Yeah, is my right. aesthetic. Yeah, these greedy... So, so so there's one more spring left. Yeah. And the warriors of virtue and all of the rest of the, I guess, animal and They human, guard it. They, like, live around it, and then the warriors of virtue, like, guard it. Right. And the warriors of virtue represent, like, different aspects of Tao, I guess. But yes. I'll tr- I, I have to go, like, read it somewhere else. I don't remember. It's fine. But... So the warrior. Here, I'll just do it. Okay. Ready? So there's the warriors are Lai, the warrior of wood, Chi, warrior of fire, Sun, warrior of earth, and Yi, warrior of metal, and then the crux is Yun, warrior of water, uh, who all of them have taken a vow of non lethality, yes. Batman style. Mm-hmm. Uh, Unless your Batman exists in the new Batman world. Right. <laughs> Uh, Sorry, I forgot Zack Snyder's name for a second. That's cool, <laughs> I man. Think. Um, but so my my question here is: so you have these these warriors that are emblematic of this of certain aspects of this religion or right. this spiritual concept mm-hmm. that is Chinese in nature, right? Why are they kangaroos? This I don't know. <laughs> Part of my research that I didn't do. Yes. Was to sort of come across some vague, some vague hints that like maybe they they pre-existed 
uh, as characters in other things. Oh, like a ma- like a manga or something in China. Or, yeah, the way that like the way that like Common Rider and the nin- Ninjaga and stuff like totally were just like weirdly referenced and ripped off for Power Rangers. Yeah, uh, I'm not sure if that's true. I try to also like not research a lot because I want to like stay focused on the movie. Yeah. Well, I just, I mean, that's, that's just my question because like, if, you know, as we all know, kangaroos exist on one continent and it's not. Well, I mean, don't get, don't get hung up on that. No, like, no, I'm just, I'm just like, I'm confused as to like what the impetus was to make them kangaroos. Just hop around. I don't know. I don't know. But like, could have been like, even been like, don't red pandas live in China? Yeah, that would be cool. That would have been like a cool. Kung Fu Panda's a movie. You're right, that is a movie. But I was thinking of more cute marsupial, because aren't, wait, are red pandas marsupials? I don't know. Shit, I don't know. I may have just said something really dumb. I don't it's know. fine. That's not going to be the first or last. Like, <laughs> they're kangaroos. It reminded me of Tank Girl, because mm-hmm. there's like a sort of mutated kangaroo character in, in that. Right. But that was the 80s. Or, fuck, I don't know. Sorry, guys. We're, we're, we're off the rails so much that yeah. like, I didn't really like look this up. They are not marsupials. Red pandas? No. Okay. I don't think they are. But so yeah, they're kangaroos. I don't know why. I like the, I like the practical effects. I think the costumes are weirdly good at moving with the actors, like the people that fight. Right, right, right. And their faces are mobile enough so that they don't look completely dead. It was so. It was the girl little... one has. Was there a girl? There was one girl kangaroo. How did you tell it was a girl? Because it had some juicy lips. Oh, really? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It had thick-ass lips. (laughs) Make me, yeah. I don't know. (laughs) Maybe maybe go in the pouch. (laughs) Wow. Okay. Take me for a ride in the pouch. All right, let's let's move on. My next note... um, I think jumps to a point in the movie where let's see oh it's where we first this girl Alyssa we discover that she's friends with Komodo Alicia Alicia Alyssa oh I spelled it Alyssa Alyssa I'm Alyssa shut up don't make me (laughs) vocal fry anymore no no it wasn't your fry it was just the idea of who Alyssa would be instead of Alicia oh okay she'd be like kind of like anyway keep going sorry so Alicia's with Komodo she, we find out that they're friends and that they're working together. So then, okay, so... But do you know why? No. <laughs> God damn it, Kendra. <laughs> you have to... Okay, you have to admit, I have known more details about this movie than I knew about Mario. Not good enough because you didn't watch Mario. <laughs> yes, I did. You didn't watch, the, like, a two-thirds <laughs> yes, of it. I did. No, you didn't. I watched it Just not. be honest with everybody. You no, didn't. No, but I watched it at your apartment. So, Alicia, the reason, Alicia has more of a character than this, not really, she's super weird, uh, she, 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 her, during the war of Dao, her brother was killed accidentally by Yun, the okay. water warrior, the kangaroo. kangaroo guy. Okay. So that is it. So that she right. wants revenge. Okay, so that makes sense to me. So there, so she's working with Komodo, and so explain, ex, tell me if I got this correct. Because the way I interpreted this next jump 
was that we see them drinking together, we know they're working together, and then suddenly, in a, like in the treehouse back on Endor, um, Brad wakes up, kind of like in the middle of a wet dream or something. Wait, what are you talking about? Am I interpreting this incorrectly? When did Brad wake up? Okay, so... Ryan? Brian. Ryan. Brian. <laughs> oh my god. Brad is the bully. And you're also jumping to the end? No. So, no, 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 no. So, what I'm remembering is we see them together, and then Ryan suddenly wakes up in his bed, like, having, like, maybe dreamed about them. No. Matt's giving me the blank. We don't leave Dow after this. No, but, no, no, not leaving Dow, but, like, we jump to wherever the kangaroo village is. Sure. And then Ryan wakes up suddenly. Okay. And it kind of seems like he had just had a wet dream or something. Oh, Okay. <laughs> Sure. I, mean, I thought, I, and I thought that, that was I was supposed to interpret that, that as like he had gotten some sort of like vision about the fact Alicia and Komodo were working together. Oh, I think he just maybe felt a disturbance. Okay. Yeah, I'll take that. Komodo, by the way, has an army of men who are all bald <laughs> with goatees. Yeah, that's true. I don't know. That detail is weird. This, yeah. <laughs> and and I really I watched this movie. They all look like Stone Cold Steve Austin. And they're all just walking around in, like, leather daddy, like, armor. Yes. And listening to him. And you don't real know why they are afraid of him, but he has, like, telekinesis and shit. He's, like, pretty powerful. Yeah, he, like, levitates books a bunch and, like... Or the backpack, I remember he levitates that at right. one point. He's basically, like, freaking out because there's only one more spring of Dow left. Mm-hmm. And he needs to... He needs, he needs to feed from it or he'll start to age. And also, like, he wants the book, too. Right. Because the book, if the chosen one reads it, which would be Ryan, then he can somehow access the passage between worlds and go to our world. And eat Which our is very, Omar, very Mario Brothers. Yes, that and is. And, like, consume our resources. Right. Which apparent because apparently we have Dao Springs, too, somewhere. I'm gonna guess China. He, but he's just lounging in this chair and he's just saying weird stuff like, life is but a dream flowing into an illusion and things like this, which is, this is like, it's not a kid's movie in some cases. There's really weird statements and, and, and Taoist sort of like. Is it not a kid's movie in some places? Philosophizing. Or are the writers just really bad? The writers are bad. Also, it's not a kid's movie. Okay. Right? I mean, I mean, it kind of is. It's good. It's I, I'd probably love it if, it if I was a kid. Yeah. But, like, what did I write down? Oh, so Ryan is talking to Alicia before he finds out that she's evil. And he's, like, kind of getting to know her. And he's, like... And she's, like, describing her brother and how great he was. And, uh... <laughs> and he's, yeah. like, okay, so, like, where's your brother? And she's, like, he was recently killed. And then she starts giggling. It's the creepiest yeah, it's, yeah, shit. It's weird. She's like, <laughs> and then he's, and then she's like, she starts giggling. And then Ryan goes, "So what? It was a battle. People die," <laughs> which is weird. Weird reaction. Just a kid who's seen Saving Private Ryan. And then in maybe the more, and maybe a more Eddie Redmayne moment than even Komodo gets. <laughs> she goes, "It was a life," and she yells it. And then, and then it just cuts to another thing. I watched this movie, and I don't remember that part. It's very memorable. It was I, Super Eddie Redmayne from Jupiter Ascending. 
I almost want to go back and rewatch this. Do movie. you remember when Eddie Redmayne was like, I create life? Yes. <laughs> yeah. But he brought the gravitas of an Oscar winning actor to it. He didn't bring the gravitas. <laughs> yes, you're actually right. But what he did mostly was use the very powerful conjunction of actual acting ability with not modulating his voice the way you would think and <laughs> yeah. shouting at random spots. I mean, there's there, at some point, Komodo completely stops not yelling. Like, he's yes. just yelling all of his lines. Do you remember the part? I forget what line he says, but, like, the camera is really close up on a profile with him, and his mouth opens really wide, and he screams something. And he looks like, ah! He, sometimes he just screams. That might, yeah, I think that might, he might have just screamed. So, at this point, we're supposed to have basically, like, kind of intuited slash put together uh, the fact that, um, like, Alicia's a traitor, Komodo's eating this Tao spring, yeah. the warriors of virtue are nonviolent forces of nature that comprise in their entirety the Tao itself. Tao being, if I remember co- correctly, just sort of the universal principle of, like, cosmic reality that underlies everything that exists uh which is heavy for kids <laughs> is that ever that's ever explained no one explains Tao properly no but that would be weird i guess they kind of do though in like random ways right but i don't think we're really supposed to be focusing on that like komodo is more like representative of the veil of maya illusion like worldly illusion okay he is the he is the uh the hedonistic id that sort of like consumes and seeks to like maintain itself by denying the fundamental like interconnectedness of the world. I and he you. therefore starts to like cause the decline of, of, of Tao. Mm-hmm. The warriors of virtue, remember that they, they sort of represent like the principles of nature that harmonize together and create balance. Right. Which is like a huge thing in Taoism, I believe is like, it's like very like, eco-friendly too like you're supposed to live you're supposed to be true to yourself but like you have to understand what the truths are in order to harmonize with nature or something like that nature being something more profound than just ecology but like you know god and whatever and this has been another really great episode of white men explain uh (laughs) to the audience i They need to know what Tao is. I don't I, think I, so, though. They do. They go to a whole world called Tao. I know, and I think that that was just a case of, like... I don't think it was meant... I, I think, think it, I'm just stunting? No, 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 no. I think that the movie is not trying to go that deep. I think it's a starter set for kids to sort of, like, be incepted into learning about certain Taoist principles. For that's, sure. Okay, all right. I just think that's like, I think, yes, that could have, okay, I will agree with you that that could have been the point. I sure. do not think that that's the result. Well, there's, <laughs> this movie doesn't deserve the analysis we're giving it. Like, <laughs> I, I don't, I'm not trying to sound like a, like pretentious, uh-huh. but I am trying to extract. Everything when I was like Googling like about this movie, the literally the only thing that i saw like people who i assume had to be our age because they were like oh i remember this i was trying to find this movie like i remember it from my youth but just in like flashes yeah and the only thing they were talking about was the fact that there were kangaroos yeah there are kung fu kangaroos that's really all you need to know (laughs) i think some of the fighting is actually awesome yeah it's fine 
But I'm trying to like, I'm trying to get in the head of uh, the director. Ronnie. Yeah, Ronnie. Yeah. I'm trying to get ro- into Ronnie's head. Okay, I, I mean, I and I think that's fair. I just don't want to like make people think that they're gonna watch this and get like a full immersion <laughs> into into Taoism. No, but it, I. I that was I read us and I when I was on IMDb oh, classic source place where you always learn the truth. Uh, one of the reviews mentioned that they were disappointed. They loved the movie, but they were disappointed in its attempt to to essentialize a really complicated religious idea. I I, I think I would be disappointed at that too. But they are trying to do that. Okay. All right. All right. That's all. Okay. I think it's relevant. Right. Okay. <laughs> I just don't want this to come off as like preachy. No, it's like Whitey McWhiterson tries to explain. Oh, I mean, I don't know shit. I just figured I was the only one okay, that's who like, had like 101 Taoist shit from college in his head. Oh, I mean, you certainly are. I don't even know the Lord's Prayer. So. I know, yeah. I, I'm not trying to explain Taoism to people who are like practitioners. Okay. And non-Western or whatever. I, sorry, yeah. Anyway. See, you're fucking me up, making me feel all guilty and weird. That's what I do. Thank you. Um, okay, so I guess we could... Do, do we want to continue? Do we want to take a break before we get to the end of this movie? Is there, like, that much more that... We can wrap it up. I, I, I'll, I'll say this one theory I had about Komodo that I liked. Uh-huh. Which is that he reminds me very much of a drug addict. Like, I think he's, like, playing it almost like a drug addict prince. Okay. Like, he's, uh... He's super emotional. Uh-huh. He's screaming, and sometimes he's really sedate, late, lounging. Yes. Like, and as the movie progresses, he gets more and more desperate because, like, he needs to drink that sweet, sweet Dow juice. Fuck yeah. So, I don't know. He reminds me of, like, uh, like a pill popper. Like, he gets really, like, sedated and then, like, swings into these, like, irrational moods. Also, homoerotic undertones with his general. Yes. Where he asks the general if he looks good in purple, and the general is like, "You do, sir." And he's like, "That will be all." <laughs> and he gives him a little smirk, which I think I'm gonna just give that a uh, little like I'm gonna give that to Angus uh-huh. and say that like he was just <laughs> he had whatever like actor's secret he was using like he was just like I think I'm sort of a drug addict like an alcoholic closeted gay man. Right. That's fair. So that's how I made Komodo more interesting to myself watching it. Okay. Well, let's talk about... I just want to, like, give a little background on Angus McFadden. Um, and, like, the fact that he's actually, like, a pretty legit actor who is still working. Yeah, And, like, has yeah. been in a lot of things. He was so, in a like, bunch of Saw movies. Yeah. And, like, I don't want to, like... I don't want to give the impression that, you know, this is all this man has done. No, he, he was the king in Braveheart? Yeah. He's the king in Braveheart, and, like, more recently he did the Pinkertons miniseries, which I'm oh, the only one who yeah, watched yeah, that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know about it. Because it, it was on every subway for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, but I really enjoyed that. And also, he was he was in Turn, another show that only <laughs> I watched. Wow, I remember the posters. Yeah. I don't know anything about well, it. That's the one that, like, our, we have a friend who couldn't shave his beard um, for months. Because he was in turn? Well, because he was on hold for a role in turn. Did he ever get to do it? I don't think so, because uh, it got cancelled. But So they yeah. kept telling him not to shave his, his scraggly beard. He plays George Orwell. Not Orwell, uh, or- fuck, Orson Welles. Orson Welles, okay. In something, and he also is in The Lost City of Z. Yes, yeah, yeah. 
and even timeless that uh that jt movie yes i think where they like Im- no that's wrong i'm incorrect anyway it's not called timeless no it's yeah anyway point being he's like a real guy um and then also so one of the kangaroos <laughs> no this is i think- they're officially called ruse in the movie yeah, too ruse. ruse but so one of the, one of the kangaroos was doug jones who is an actor he's the guy in pan's labyrinth with the eyeballs on his hands uh-huh and um he's like he's a character actor who usually does like work through a lot of press oh that's cool yeah and so he's in the new um star trek show star oh. trek discovery so i just saw him at comic-con on um, a panel like talking about how he's making this new character again like via prosthetics oh and also twin peaks is you know airing currently and michael j anderson the backward speaking dwarf in the original series plays a dwarf named mudlap in this movie oh he has a continu- a consistent beat yeah he does dwarfs that's cool yeah it's hard not to hmm. uh so yeah there's th- but but like we're saying angus mcfadden is like the heaviest hitting actor probably in this movie oh no i think actually doug jones might be oh really like yeah. more roles yeah and is like, he always like covered in prosthetics yeah but also like i i consider him like kind of iconic just in terms of like all of the weird like any weird character who's been iconic i feel like in a movie it's been doug jones that is true i mean i think of that pan's labyrinth eye thing all the time yeah <laughs> so i just i don't know he's really cool how good um, those grapes looked that she yeah. almost made. They're so good looking <laughs> yeah yeah um okay yeah so at the end of the movie um, motive, the, the problem what there is that kind of pernicious thing though of like effeminacy being equated to evil with komodo yes there is it's a very disney villain sort of thing yeah like tall Jafar, yeah like, tall skinny long hair pale wispy sort of like yeah yeah there is definitely like this sort of like if you're a non-masculine male you're evil something's and you're wrong pay and, the price for it yeah exactly. which he does by the end of the movie he doesn't die but he like loses all his memory he gets cleansed of his evil yeah though is that what i was supposed to read that as yeah the whole this is the whole movie is like a like you know the the obviously the warriors of virtue finally team up yun who was tortured by having killed somebody and broken his vow decides to join up and they take down komodo mm-hmm. but like what you know symbolically happens is that all of them harmonize right and create the ultimate powers of the dao which means that you are turned into the ideal it's like the ideal state to be in. Right. So you're and, no longer evil. Right. And so by the end of the movie, like, he, uh, Komodo basically gets resurrected as, like, a pauper person in rags. And he's like, help, where do I live? And the ruse are like, we'll take you in. You live here. <laughs> I mean, that's really the summation of the movie. I don't know how Ryan gets back to regular Earth. Yeah. I mean, there's a cool fight sequence... And Ryan is just sort of sniveling and crying. Yeah. Because he's he's been betrayed and he doesn't know what to do. And he doesn't want to go back to the world because he likes, I guess, having a regular leg. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, Komodo is just like this this polymorphously perverse, like pansexual drug addict guy who's just like screaming his way through every scene at this point. And it gets really good. And I I was me and my brother watched this last night and we're just cracking up the whole time. See, I need to watch these movies with you guys. Maybe I would pay attention. Because he just like gets a big sword out and he like makes out with that Rita Repulsa girl, but he's kinda like 
caressing Alicia, but he might want to be fucking Grillo, his ju- his like general. Isn't Alicia dead by that point? Is he Alicia her corpse? Well, he Alicia tries to stop her him from killing Ryan. Right. And then Rita Repulsa, whatever. Kills her. Kills her. Okay. And then he, like, makes out with Rita Repulsa because he's like, oh, what oh, would I do without you, blood. baby? It turns me on. And it just turns, you know, like, like a, a lack of rigor in your sexual orientation is also evil, I feel like, is the <laughs> other implicit message. These things are for kids, and you gotta be, you gotta be sharp about this, I feel like. So, yeah. like, so then he fights and is just screaming. Yes. And the Warriors of Virtue, uh, they get... He splits into seven personalities and, like, fights them. Yeah. It's a kind of a good fight sequence. Except that the Ronnie Yu, like, decides to film those sequences in, like, this shitty slow motion, but, like, without the frame rate matching. Like, he doesn't mm. shoot in, like, whatever frame rate you would need to have that look smooth. So everything has this stuttery, shitty quality yes. to it. Oh, see, I thought that was just YouTube. It's not just YouTube. It's, okay. like, how he actually filmed it. Which... It all looks terrible, which is a bummer because if they just shot it regularly, it would it would be kind of good. Like the fight sequences, at least. I think the climactic fight sequence was like not bad. I mean, I don't think it was good. I don't think it was okay. Well, I thought it was decent. I guess it was fine for this movie. For this movie, it was it was a case of this movie doing its best. See, okay, I want to do another a few other Komodo lines. Okay, go for it. He was the best. He's the best. All right. Okay, one of them was... It's a very Matt-heavy episode. I'm sorry. No, I joke! Oh my god! He looked so contrite! I do feel bad. Like, I didn't want to just blather, but like... No, 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 it's fine. I just had a lot of thoughts about it. Oh. (laughs) And also, we haven't talked in a while. I accept your... I accept your... And I I have not just... I have not just not done a (laughs) podcast. I've not talked to a lot of people. So there's just a lot of... Okay, this is getting too deep. Read your fucking Komodo lines. I don't want to go into this, this whole emotional shit. <laughs> okay. He, Komodo is lounging again, sort of sedate. Like maybe he took another hit of Dao, and he's just sort of chilling. And he's talking to his generals, and he's like, Where there is anxiety, there is error. And where there is error, there is opportunity. <laughs> That's cool. <laughs> Uh, and then he can't, he can't. <laughs> Are you okay? Yeah. Uh, then, then he, the reason he tries to kill Ryan is because he's like, he needs Ryan to read the book. He can't read the book. He's yes. not the, like, chosen person. Right. And Ryan, they, Ryan can't read it because he hasn't, like, actualized or whatever the fuck. <laughs> So what does he say instead? He just makes something up. And he says, go for it. Shit happens? Shit happens! And then everyone says, shit happens. Shit happens. It's so weird. Which is something that I feel like... Because remember that was like a bumper sticker for a while? Yeah. I, that just must have been in the cosmos. In the, in the 90s. Yeah. Sort of. And yeah. I must have just not realized that it was like not quite kosher for... A PG movie? Um, do you get a shit in 97? How often could you say shit before it was like... I don't know. Is shit like a... Oh, well. Who knows? Also... Yes. When he's fighting them... He... 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 he, Fuck. He says warriors come out and play. (laughs) 
as in the Warriors movie from the 70s. Oh, okay. Yeah, I did catch that, yes. Which is confusing and feels like it was just ad-libbed by Angus, who might have actually been drunk or high on the set. <laughs> okay, let's, let's not make allegations that we can't back up. But it's really crazy oh. because it means that he must that that he like potentially saw that movie. Oh, the the character. Yes. So you think that on Endor they had movie theaters? Yes. Or could, I think the writers were just like that. Just means the writers were being cheeky, right? Hmm. Maybe. May, yeah. I don't think so because then he also says when he's killing the old man, the old Chinese man, he's like, "Things fall apart. The center cannot hold." Yeah. Which means also that, like, that's a Yeats poem. I didn't know that. That's the, the second coming. <laughs> which means that, like, he also read Yeats, potentially. That is, that is so much more learned than I. I just, like, like, like these things are so weird. <laughs> so, like, it made me wonder about what was going on with this universe and how... Well, clearly Komodo knows about our world and knows enough about our world to know that he can also eat his spirit juice <laughs> on our world. So that leads one to believe that maybe he has been back and forth or at least has like a portal in that he can watch us or something or like he might have been of oh maybe he came over from our world, world. oh in the 70s but been corrupt in the sep- after the 70s definitely well all we know is that he had to have come after war the warriors okay film put was- a pin in that <laughs> we'll figure that one out yeah, so, okay, so maybe he did come from... Maybe that's... Maybe is that explored in the sequel? Maybe. I'm all, my assumption is also that Ming, the restaurant guy... Is from that world. Also went to Tao and, like, got straight. And Definitely. then came back. Yeah. And, and that's why you can... Not that that is ever explained. And that's why you can kung fu you some fucking good fried rice. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Sorry, I just learned that, um... <laughs> In the sequel, because now I'm, like, curious, does the sequel explain any of these questions that we have? Yeah. Um, so, in the sequel, the kangaroos have changed over the years. They've kind of, like, evolved. Like, the Klingons evolved in from the original Star Trek series to uh-huh. next gen. Yeah. And they now just look like humans. Wait, can I look it? I'm just looking at... Yeah, so, they now just look like humans. Ugh, and, ugh. I hate that. I hate it as you approach, like, just... Ugh. Um, and there's a new villain instead of Komodo, called Dogen, Dogon, and he's played by Kevin Smith, not Kevin Smith the director, Kevin Smith who played Ares on Xena. Oh yeah! I didn't know that! And Hercules too, he was in. Um, the new Hercules, or the young Hercules? Yeah, he was, well he was in Hercules. Yeah. He was Ares on all of the, oh, on just... all of those properties. Yeah, but I think this is the movie that he died on. No. This is the movie he fell... Okay, can I... Okay. No. When Kevin Smith died, my mom... I think I was, like, in the eighth grade. Yeah, it was eighth grade, ninth grade? It was October. So it was ninth grade because October of 2001 was September 11th, or September was. Anyway. Sounds like you're prepping to be 87 years old. (laughs) Shut up. (laughs) Okay, so it was October, ninth grade, and my mom bought the New York Times into my bedroom when she woke me up that morning and she had it open to the obituary section and she said these words to me, I can't give you this unless you promise to be calm. And I was like, what's going on? And I was like, I promise to be calm. She, at least she knew you. That was kind of cool. And then she uh, handed me the obituary and it was Kevin Smith from Xena <laughs> and I screamed. <laughs> Sorry. Well, you know what Komodo says. What? <laughs> 
<clears throat> the only hells are in your heart, <laughs> where all the battles must be fought. Well, my heart definitely fought a battle the day that Kevin Smith died. And I'm actually really mad at this movie now. This is the movie that killed him. No, not this one. No, well, the sequel. Right. But this fran- the existence of this franchise killed Kevin Smith. Right. This inex- the inexplicable sequel to a franchise that flopped so badly. Yes. That it made barely, like, a fraction of its cost back. Yeah. No, wait a minute. What? It was 8th grade. No, because it d- that, okay. It was 8th grade, no, because he died in February of 2002. You're asking me if explaining a little <laughs> bit about Dow is important, but also the <laughs> distinction about whether it was 8th or ninth grade seems like... At least on par in lack of importance. Shut up. <laughs> so, can we, we should really take a break, and then, can you wrap this movie up in less than a minute? Yeah, dude, like two. Okay. Two minutes. Alright. We'll see you soon. No, I just mean, I was going to say before the break, can you wrap this movie up? Oh, do so you want me to wrap it up in two minutes? So that we can then come back and do our, our ratings and our chit-chat. Oh, hell yeah. Okay. Because it's been a long episode. Speed run. Yeah. Sorry, but you guys... You want it, right? I mean, you missed us. You want a thick-ass episode? <laughs> You're disgusting. I don't endorse him. I do not endorse him. So, <laughs> I don't right. endorse this man. So, the the warriors of virtue get beat up by the by uh, the split-out Komodo. But then, meanwhile, Ryan uh, 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 learns that he can suddenly read the book. I don't remember why, but I don't either. Suddenly, the pages of the manuscript start to uh, appear to him. And he learns that, like, he reads some cryptic bullshit, like, the seven, if they combine, must, blah, blah, blah. And he realizes that Komodo, when he attempts to kill, momentarily is weak, because it takes, like, some, in Tao, the world of Tao, it takes some weird life energy essence of, out of you to try and use your powers to kill, which Komodo uses. This is not explained. It's a horrible setup. This movie is fucking, like, was made in a fucking blender. Uh... So, he runs back to the ruse. He's like, yo, guys. Oh my god, you're really going through this entire movie. Yeah. Komodo's dead already. We no, have... he's not. Yes, we discussed him, the fact that he, not dead, but he's already turned back into the thing. We already discussed that. We didn't describe how it happened. Oh my god. <laughs> he disappears, but then he comes back, disguises their old master, and beats them up some more, and then Ryan comes back and goes, you guys need to put your medallions together that you had at the same time. They do some Captain Planet bullshit. They turn into, like, a single beam of energy that explodes, but you think it kills him, but it actually just expunges the evil out of him, and he comes back as, like, a sort of amnesiac nice guy. And then all of a sudden the sun comes out in Dow, and then Ryan wakes up, and it's some fucking owl on... or occurrence on Owl Creek Bridge bullshit. Like... Ambrose beer style where like it was all just some weird thing that came on in his head and he's actually still standing in the middle of the pipe over oh, the yeah, whirlpool yeah. and realizes that this was all just some crazy shit to make him understand that like he shouldn't try and be someone else because he wants to impress others and he decides to not keep walking and he crosses the pipe and, and then, goes back home with Chucky and the bully gets drowned the bully doesn't get drowned but the the pipe breaks and the bully is like left on, there and yeah. he's like all right we'll just call 911 and deal with this asshole but like i'm not going to perform anymore and he's a whole person the way ming is probably a whole person uh something about negative kung i don't remember what that is did you say negative cum kung kung oh k u n g okay they expunged the negative kung out of uh komodo all right he goes home 
his mom wakes him up after tucking him into bed she's like oh yeah i had a great day selling houses she goes how was your night and ryan says virtuous he does he does say roll credits virtuous all right guys um that was warrior's virtue we will be right back and we'll give you our rankings and uh some news of the day okay bye Hey guys, uh, welcome back to the kids' table. Matt and I just took a like forty-minute break <laughs> in between. We were between just talking segments. about cultural relativism and feminism. And yeah, we were really getting, uh, really putting that anthropology uh, bachelor's that I have to use. And my not that. Yeah, but I mean, I think you you really proved to us earlier you have a great background in uh, Taoism. So I do not. <laughs> my but you you put the fear in me that I'm like. I'm like over, over, dom- I'm like dominating the conversation. No, it's fine. It was okay. Fine. It's fine. So I had a thing that I wanted to start us off with uh, before we get into ratings. I, given, given, uh, 1997, Warriors Virtue came out and given what I saw in it, knowing that I would have been very attracted to Komodo, the main <laughs> villain, <laughs> and given that I know what I would have done with that attraction, which is to write fan fiction about it, I decided to go to Archive of Our Own and see what the uh, fan fiction offerings for Warrior of Virtu- Warriors oh, of Virtue wow. was. And how rich and fruitful was that exploration? Uh, there is a total of one work in the Warriors of Virtue category. What's the genre? Slash fic? Um, I can read you and was planning, actually, on reading you all of the tags that go into this story. Sure. So uh, the title of the story is called What is a Kingdom Without You? It's by Flame Wolf. Ah. Yeah, good old Flame Wolf. I would like to note that Flame Wolf also uh, wrote some Dark Knight fan fiction (laughs) (laughs) that... um, I don't trust Flame Wolf as an author because this Dark Knight fanfiction uh, was Joker and OFC, which is original female character uh, fic. So is, that a, is that an author self-insert? Um, I couldn't tell if it was a self-insert, but it means that they wrote, they made up a character for the Joker to fall in love with, and I skimmed through it, and they have a lot of uh, con- like non-consensual sex. Um, Wait, who does? The Joker and this original female character. Oh. Through which she falls in love with him. Oh, she's like a Stockholm person. It's, yeah, so I don't trust this person. Anyway, so this... Uh, well, that's how the Joker got Harley Quinn, right? Right, but I, we don't write stories glorifying that. No, but that is the essential relationship of yeah, them, is. right? Yeah. Sorry, it's I'm fine. not an apologist. So just no, it's curious. Fine. Okay, but so their Warriors of Virtue story is called... <laughs> What is a kingdom without you? Um, And the tags on this story are as follows. Major character death. Elysia slash Komodo. Komodo. Elysia. Barbarocious? Is that a character? Barbarocious, yeah. Okay. Uh, General Grillo. Mantos and Dullard. Uh Uh-huh. Then we have here... Dullard is a really good henchman name, by the way. Um, So then for some of our categories, we have angst. Dealing with death of a loved one, loss and love, mm. self-destructive mourning, <laughs> and first-time sex. <laughs> Whoa. <Yeah. laughs> um, self-destructive mourning? Yes. The summary for this story is as follows. Thoughts and memories of Komodo as he deals with the sudden death of the only woman he ever loved, Alicia. 
He remembers the moment he realized he loved her as well as their first night together. All this while knowing he has to engage in a battle he has no interest in winning anymore. What's the point with his, with his heart gone? Wow, man. Yeah. The story is 5,700 words, in case you wanted to dive in. There was something... I feel... Hold on. Yeah. It only has uh, 27 clicks, and it has no kudos or comments. So not a very popular story on Archive of Our Own. (laughs) (laughs) I kind of feel bad about that, but, you know, it's fine. I like that um, there were some uh, hashtags under this. Uh, I can't find it, but, like, what I remember is that it was, like, it was literally, like, words of virtue, hashtags include uh, kangaroos, martial arts, football, water boy, furries, and that was it. Furries. Yeah, actually, oh my god, you're right, this is probably... So there's, like, a cosplay furry potential here that's pretty intense. Please don't do that, I don't want to see that. I don't want to see this. They have this sort of, like grotesque realism to them that that doesn't lend itself to like the cute like i'm a fox with telekinesis <laughs> like you you know they they have like who's skin the fo- Wait, and hair and who's the fox with telekinesis i'm just thinking of like oh, okay a, i was like did robin hood have telekinesis i'm just thinking of like a fursona that you know would match i don't right don't they always have like a like maybe i'm thinking of other kin which might be different you know where you're like <laughs> in another life i was a house cat so or, like, I have phantom tail syndrome because I was a dragon once. And it's like, you fucking weren't. <laughs> I fucking... I this hate, is... I hate other kids. <laughs> Whoa. I just, like, I hate that concept. You're wow. not a dragon. I actually agree with you. You're not a dragon. This might be... Sorry if we're offending you, but also, like, this is where our kind of, like, liberal tolerance just runs just, dry. Like... You, yeah. you can't. This is where I become the 30-something adult that I am. Yeah. Like, I just, I can't, like, the, the 30-something practical adult that I, like, the, I can't If you it. guys saw the movie Step Brothers, remember when the dad, at the end, at the Catalina wine mixer, uh, Helicopter Expo goes, I always wanted to be a Tyrannosaurus. <laughs> and then one day, my dad said, you can't be a fucking dinosaur. <laughs> you gotta yeah. grow up. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, you're not a dragon. You're not. You're just not. You're not an animorph. We came down hard on this. I know. I I think this is a stance that I'm okay with putting out there. You know what? Like, if you, if if we if we are like speaking directly to the ten people that listen, and one of you is otherkin specifically, I think. Yeah. Furry as a oh, fetish. Oh, no, I don't have a problem with furries. Yeah. Because then that turns into like a kink shaming thing. I know it's not. Always sexual. No, I don't. I have an issue with that. I have a. The main thing that always bothered me about other kin was like the whole Tumblr thing where they were comparing themselves to trans people. Yeah, like persecuted for being. Like that shit really bothered me. Trans species. Yeah, no, no, it's not a thing. Or like more like trans cryptozoology because they were like. Yeah, no, you think dragons. You, you thinking you you're a dragon is not the same thing as as being a trans person. Interesting. Sorry. I mean, we'll have this debate with you guys. Yeah. Anyway, that was our fear. This could be. A I actually really don't want to have that debate because it's not a debate; it's the truth. In, but that makes me more want to have it. <laughs> anyway, push back on that if you feel like so inclined. I guess. Um, but warriors of virtue could definitely be some sort of gateway into that. Yeah, furries uh, are great. Furries are fine. <laughs> uh, so, what was your rating? 
Um, okay, so, um, yeah, as a kid, what did we do this? One through four or one through five? It's been a real One through long five, time. man. Okay, one through five. Um, so as a kid, I think I would have given this movie a, um, 3.5, because I would have been not really into the rest of it, but would have been really into Komodo. Mm-hmm. Um, would have also just been real interested in seeing that sequel with Kevin Smith, who was, like, the love of my life. Um, as an adult... I think like a two. Not really into it. It's fine. Yeah. Uh, I wasn't mad at the end, as mad as I thought I was going to be at least. There's less offensive shit in this than like ladybugs and sidekicks. So it gets points for that. What about you? I'm going to have to go with the same thing you said almost. Like mm-hmm. 3.5 as a kid. Like, you know, the threshold was way lower. All I needed was the hint of another world and transporting to it and the kung fu was not bad mm-hmm. the score was okay oh yeah the music was like uh but now that i've watched it like i'll also give it like a 2.5 because like i give it, it a two i'll give it a two then okay. it was really funny to me uh-huh. how poorly constructed the film was how confused how weirdly tonally inconsistent it was and like the like loftiness of some of the things they were trying to say mixed with like one of the kangaroos like farts when it's making fun of komodo like so and 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 a ton of emotional beats that don't pay off like he was interested in football and then when he's running when he's running out of the castle like he does football stuff to get away from the you know what i mean and it all it does is like do it and play like some sort of swelling music underneath that right and it just feels like it earns a billion beats that it doesn't at all. Uh, and that is sometimes funny if you're old enough and... Uh, and drunk enough? And drunk enough, which I was. Yeah. And with your brother and just like watching it and just being an asshole. <laughs> uh, so yeah, it gets like a two. Awesome. It's worth checking out. It's a curiosity for sure. Yeah, and like I said, I'll post that link to um, our Twitter probably before this episode comes out. In fact, am I smart? I'll do it right now. Um, so, wow, guys, um, I know it had just, it had been so long, um, I hope that some of you are still interested in listening to us, um, we are still paying for our SoundCloud account, so, (laughs) (laughs) so please like and subscribe, yeah, please, uh, please, please come listen, so that, because you know, that $15 a month could be buying me so much, yes, also, don't you love when the podcast is, like, longer or the same length as the full movie? Yeah, this movie was an hour and 45 minutes, by the way. So if you start watching this, you're in for the long haul. Yeah. But, so, thank you if you are listening. Um, also, uh, Ryan, uh, Jeffrey's mom, looks a little bit like a kind of low-rent Katie Holmes. Agreed. Yeah. And then that is where we agree, Finally. Finally. Okay, well, um, so I don't know what movie we're going to be watching next, but we will be recording another episode on Monday night, trying to get you guys back to our regularly scheduled weekly releases, because we are responsible. Um, And Matt, where can we find you on the internet in the meantime? Uh, I'm kind of like in the process of finishing the comic, so there's nothing new there, Mm. so I'm not going to say that one, but you can just follow me on Twitter. Oh, yeah, he's on Twitter now. What's your handle? Uh, just at Matthew Torpy. Amazing. That's Torpy with an E. T-O-R-P-E-Y. Yeah. Uh, that's it. Great. 
Um, so my name is Kendra James and you can find me on Twitter at Kendra James underscore. Um, if you like want to find my writing, all you have to do is Google Kendra James Cosmo and all of my stuff will come up. My most recent piece uh, is about me spying on the cast of Riverdale at parties at San Diego Comic Con. Um, yeah, other than that, uh, head to Shondaland.com to sign up for uh, weekly newsletters. That's my day job. And you really should do that because it's cool. And uh, is that about it? What else? Anything else? Mm, bye. All right. We're going to make like Tom and cruise. <laughs> <laughs>